Happy Thursday and welcome back to another episode of The Trading Desk. I'm Joshua Thanos. It's my life partner, Jason. And here's our third wife. I made it. That's right. John Callahan. We're back. That's right. Another trader. Hey, John. Hey. Why don't you introduce yourself? I know you've been on the show before, but not with me. So this is a special occasion. It is a special occasion. For me, it is. Uh, For Josh. Uh, I am John Callahan, for those of you who do not know me. Uh, I've been on the show with Jason in the past. Have you? How how was it? Was it a good show? It was a good show. We had fun. We'll try to make this one better. Yeah. So I'm here to help. We're excited. I'm excited. Sweet. Yeah, so, it's uh, good to have you back. Thanks. Thanks for yeah. having me on, guys. So Callahan has been, how long have you been working for uh, Watchbox and Godworks? Four and a half years. Holy crap. Wow. That's great. Time. Four and a half years, uh, and then uh, quite a bit longer In elsewhere. The yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. You want to do uh, wrist shots, Jay? Sure. You go first. Okay. So I have a Seiko on. And that's the end of the wrist shot. No. I, I, I completely forgot the uh, reference number for this. this is the, so, but I like to refer to it as a Ninja Turtle. That's the uh, colloquial term for this one. Um, this was actually a gift from my good boy, a good friend. Good boy. <laughs> what the hell? Where that came from? My good friend, Shelby McPherson. Great guy. Uh, heard I didn't have a Seiko. Sent me one. It turns out this watch is like actually like very hard to get, very collectible, and it's one of my favorite watches. And today That's we're cool. going to be talking a little bit about independence. Seiko, being an independent, I thought I'd wear it. Jason, nice. you're wearing an independent today? I am independently wearing this watch of my own free will. Okay. There you go. All right. This is, uh, you guys know this watch, the PAM 510. We're going to go ahead and give you a wrist shot off the wrist of this amazingly detailed movement. This is your eight-day manual wine. In-house movement. Yeah, in-house right. movement, baby. <clears throat> Panerai, uh very fine detailing going on in this movement. Make some nice movements. I mean, it, it works. That's, you know, it's a tool watch, so you're not That's looking for... That's what it's for, supposed to do. Right. You're not looking for, um, you know, finishing. Yeah, so... I, it's all right. I mean, you know, listen. Pam 510. And they look all right. Uh, I like them. My favorite Panerai. Uh, voted with my own dollars here, so you guys can see. Nice. Uh, this is 44 millimeters, for you guys that are not aware. Uh, manual wind, as I just showed you, eight-day in-house movement. Um, sub seconds, pretty much all you need in Panerai, uh, and uh, wears well. You can see it's been worn a lot, but uh, that's why we like it. So yeah, it's good. good watch. Same case as my Panerai, and like Jason said, like you really only need one Panerai unless yeah. you're a huge collector, and then you need all of them. I guess. Yeah, you got to get all the references. Um, I came watch free. Actually, I brought gifts. Wrist so. shot show. <laughs> Look at those wrists. None today, but I did bring gifts. Yeah, so we've got some, we've cool got some watches to look well, at and to go over. So to frame kind of our, what we're talking about today, know yep. this or that today, guys, we, we decided we just want to spend some time talking about watches on the table. And uh, so John has a lot of uh, experience in independence, right? That's right. And that's kind of your thing is you love the independence. Love the independence. I get, it, I get uh, a lot of slack in the office because of my sort of a uh, – my passion for the independent brands, right? Um, Very knowledgeable, but there's but there's a lot of good stuff to take a look at, and there's some things to learn, and I like to have fun with it, cool. and uh, a lot of cool stuff that you normally don't see. Good yeah. value, right? A lot of times, good sometimes, value, generally, sometimes, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you get the little details about like collecting and stuff that are important. I think, like, uh, I think the the big thing with independence right now, mm-hmm. you have the like watchmakers are like willing to talk to you, like they're willing to, well, yeah. Go, hey, Josh, it's nice to meet you. Look at my creation. This is what we do. And you just don't get that 
I mean, try walking to Richemont and have them do that if you haven't already spent a fortune with them. It just, right. just doesn't happen. Yeah, you don't so. get to meet the CEO of Panerai before you buy your first Panerai. Right. It doesn't really work that right. way. If you're interested in getting a, you know, like a, a caribou to lane in peace, you can just you call can, them. You can meet them, yeah. go to a show, meet mm-hmm. you, deliver a watch. Right. Uh, Jorn, accessible. Like that's accessible. Yeah. So that's, um, well, so let's back up a little bit. So you, you your experience in the watch world yeah. is heavily, you know, based on or started with these independents. Right. So why don't you kind of touch on that a little bit? You're, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the whole process. Right. Start from the beginning. Okay, so um, I got started in the industry selling watches when I was about 20 years old. Uh, I was doing other things in the watch business for the first five, from 15 to 20. And uh, the brands we were carrying at the time, uh, shout out David Piccioni for getting me started. Uh, my boss, former boss, David Piccioni, oh, nice. a good friend of mine. Uh, we carried brands like Roger Dubuis in the early 2000s. Before, yeah, when he was uh, independent. Ulysse Narden when they were doing things like the Sonata and the Freak, and they were sort of revolutionizing. Well, the Sonata, by the way. They've got some cool stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Perpetual calendars. Uh, or it's even like Maurice Lacroix, brands like that. Then it went Frank Mueller, uh, Beauvais, Christophe Claret, um, Grubel Forzi. So it became really high-end, really sort of boutique, right? boutique brands. Sure. And yeah, and so you've and learned a lot Cleveland? about this. This is in Cleveland? This is in Cleveland. In what year again? Uh, it was from 2006 to 2014. Jeez, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you went right through like the economic downturn and the yeah. market crash yeah. and all went that through, stuff. Went through that whole thing, weathered that out, and then you you had to pretty much pick what you were going to do. You couldn't you couldn't you couldn't do everything that everybody wanted. We did Harry Winston. We did a lot of uh, really cool brands uh, that basically we were competing against Rolex stores and Paddock stores. Ooh. But we did we did well. I mean, we really we made it work. It was a it was a grind, but you learned a lot about watchmaking. Learned a lot about because you got to meet the watchmakers. Like I met like Stephen Forzy and I met Christophe Claret, and wow. so I got a chance to, like sit down in a small little office and talk about watches with some of the best watchmakers in the world. So and you're like 20 years old. Yeah. Wow. So how yeah. did you get? How did you start that? I so <laughs> my my boss at the time was my next door neighbor growing up, and his wife literally on Mother's Day weekend, his wife knocked on it. his wife Harriet knocked on my door and asked my mom if one of us wanted to come work and she was like with watches yeah and they were like and so i started working on mother's day weekend 2001 wow been doing it ever since what were you doing before that nothing qualified you said i was 15 years old it was nothing i don't think i was even legally allowed to work i have to go back and (laughs) well it's cleveland so anything really goes from what i understand we had fun it was a good time and uh i learned a lot doing that we learned a lot about just i think the most important thing like all the watch knowledge came from that and then learning how to really sell came here, like that right, was right. that it's was a different, different, different world. Different world. Yeah. Um, well, so you, were you behind a counter, or how were yeah. you, how were you guys making sales? We were behind a counter, and it was all local. It was all yeah. local traffic. Wow! So you're selling Grubel Forsey in Cleveland, yeah. Ohio. We in 2006. So we were selling Grubel Forsey in in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. So is that where you're? You have a strong affinity for Grubel. Yeah, I get it. I get. Did we bring? Like oh, we, we, we had the. We didn't I bring did one. The, the I had turbine. the. Uh, pleasure of doing the training with you yeah Grubel, and john was like we didn't we didn't i think we had like two watches we had yeah we had the technique and but john was just like in the catalog just like yeah and so it was pretty cool so you kind of uh, geek out over them right and yeah. i mean the, the brand's amazing but what i like how much i like the brand versus how much he likes the brand it's, it's a, yeah, exponentially it's, different well, it's, i mean right. that's one thing i i 
so really any brand the more you know about its history and and if there is history like i feel like you get more of an yeah. affinity but with the independence because it seems a little bit more pure as opposed to like the large conglomerates where it's like sometimes it's contrived or they're looking yeah. to make up a story where it's like it's just a guy here you right. go. This is what I'm doing. You know, yeah. MBNF or you know, Max Booster is out here making watches. I well, first off, MBNF happens to be like my favorite brand. I think oh, yeah. what Max does is is killer. It's we didn't bring the MBNF from the office. I didn't. I didn't bring an MBNF, but and, and it's because his. So like, what he did with Harry Winston was he launched like Jorn. He launched right. the guys from uh, Ervert. I mean, he did a lot of important things right. that with the Opus independence. Collections, yeah, the Opus yeah. collections for those who haven't seen it, which. Surprise! You know, after the, the first ten were the best of the bunch. I don't think they're doing it anymore. But I like twelve. Do they, I don't remember what the twelve is. Twelve was the the one with the swords that turn over. Flip over. Oh yeah. right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. When I first started, yeah. So I think Sequan, CQ MCC. showed MCC. me. He's like, uh, he's like, this is a great watch, and he shows it to me. I just sat there and watched the video of it, just ter- telling time over and over. I'm like, this is like cool. Yeah. So one of the cool things too, like game uh, with with his evolution of falling in love with those is like your opinion of that watch now if you were to go back and watch the video would Changes, be different yeah. than yeah, yeah, when yeah. you first watched it when you first watch it you're like i don't know what's happening yeah right it just looks amazing right. yeah like how did they cool and they now going back that to that you start crazy. looking at like oh shit like so all 13 of those pieces have to move for that one sword to flip right. over like you, right. you really start to think about so yeah. i mean it, yeah it's, it's super cool he uh so when we were doing the grubel training he was like john you don't understand like the the level of the sapphire cases and there's you know this layer and this layer and this layer and these screws and this right. like it's it. It was pretty cool to see him essentially John take over the training and start like so. Well, it was, it was fun because cool. I I don't get it. like I like teaching people. We you know we still have to have some idea like how watches work and it's important for the yeah, younger guys who are on our sales team to to get a sense of what it's what it's all about. Sure. Um, and for me, like the watch that got me really hooked. Well, the the least Arm Freak, the very first version of the Freak came out in two thousand one. Right. And it was um, carousel. It was carousel tourbillon. It had no stem. It had no stem and crown. Everything mm-hmm. was rotated through the back of the watch. Yeah. And the watch was twenty six thousand nine hundred dollars at the time. Retail. Was it retail? That was the retail. But really? also, the retail for fifty seventy paddock fifty seventy G was roughly about the same price. And we see where they are now. I mean, right. And they came out roughly the same. This is what year? Two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah, so when the Freak came out, it was like it sort of changed. Like everybody was sort of like an arms race to who could do the craziest like non-traditional style watch before that was like brigade was doing tourbillons and there was a couple frank mueller had some cool tourbillons out right um but frank mueller had some cool at least Norton was like we're gonna do it we're gonna do it silicone we're gonna do all this crazy technology and i was like wow that's weird but that wasn't the watch that got me really into it i was like that's cool and then we i was shown the trilogy set which is the astronomical collection there's three watches Mm -hmm. and i was like being explained how each by actually patrick hoffman was one of the people who who's our guy in Switzerland, he was okay. one of the people who was showing me how the watches worked. I was like, this is unbelievable. Huh. And that's how I, I was like, I mean, the big, like the more complicated, the cooler to me. And so that's what I'm. Are you a car so guy I'm, or anything like that? Yeah, or? yeah, I like cars. Okay. But I mean, like, like I know Jason's a car guy. He, like, he can take apart an engine. Yeah, no, I understand. that's so not me. me I'm allergic to manual labor. Yeah, and I, well, <laughs> but like, I, to ask me what, like how, a, how, you know, engine works, I yeah. have no clue. I mean, I can guess. Same thing with watches. Like I'm, I'm actually now learning more about the movements than before, but it's right. interesting because like you're, you like all the complications, Love it. and so your background's not like engineering. Nope. It's not cars. Just you just an appreciation. found just, appreciation through watches. Which is yeah, through watches. In the and Dave Choney, it was a watchmaker, so like I uh, got to watch him at a bench repair watches, and I just peek so over you, his shoulder. 
ever taken or thought about taking like a watchmaking no, seminar uh, course? No, there was there was time I think like in 2008 where I was like maybe the thing to do is to go to watchmaking school. Yeah, there's yeah, a shortage of right? Yeah, and it was because you know what do you like? Even sales so was that. tough. It was a hard yeah, hard time, yeah. but uh, I decided like it wasn't really my thing, and I knew I would I wasn't going to be any good at it because I'm not really a you know, I don't, I don't work with my hands much right. other than, you know, like ra- like cooking and stuff is one thing and you're like doing your sure, thing, sure, you know, sure. knife skills, that kind of, but otherwise. You're I'm into not, the photography, okay. right? But yeah. I mean, so I mean, you know. like, but like finding the uh, perfection and like the, the settings of the camera, all that stuff, like I, I could see, you know, a similarity there. Um, I had the advantage of going to two different movement watchmaking uh, seminars. Um, with Torno when I was still with Torno. And one was uh, an Eta 2894, the mm-hmm. other was a 7750. And it was basically like a whole day thing, break it down, put it back together. Right. And, you know, most people in the watch industry get to, like, try that. Yeah. Some people are not very good at it. Right. Um, but it it's definitely gives you an appreciation for what goes into the stuff. So um, that those are pretty cool. I, uh, I think you would do really well at one of those because it would give you, like, you already have very good understanding of the complications and then you it would just give you some more insight into what so that'd maybe. be cool if you ever yeah, get off chance make that maybe. There. we'll yeah. see that's cool so okay so Rory, you were talking about what got you into it so it was yep. the the Narden. yeah so Narden yeah. got you into watches that's kind of funny like i'm panerai was for me yeah the convicta jason <laughs> jason's the only one at this table who sold an invicta no that you hear do you just, know what that? Uh, it's terrible you're a terrible person going josh, to hell, buddy josh likes uh that's okay. Just been, I was here before him. I'll be here after him. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Here we um, go. So anyways. Uh, oh, also. Um, it's like this all day long in the office. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Josh, uh, John doesn't sit in between us. So That's right. That, there's a good thing. Here I am, sitting but, in between. Um, so, okay. Referee. So Narden, so you see yeah. Narden and you're like, this is for me. Yeah. I mean, what, I, I just had an interest in it. Like a lot of people who come into the business, they're like, a lot of times they have a background in watches, mm-hmm. or they're or like they're somebody ha- like had watches and they they gave them to them or whatever. That wasn't right. my case. I was just like I sort of the career found me. I didn't find the career. Sure. And so it was it so far you know knock on wood everything's worked out. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. So, so you've been so you've been physically selling watches since two thousand six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. what's so what's the most expensive watch you've sold? Uh, the most, well, it would be very expensive. Well, so personally, mm-hmm. there's a <laughs> yeah. So I don't honestly know. I think it's actually been here. Is the most expensive paddock? It was a one of the grand complications. I don't remember uh, the fifty nine seventy G is probably the most expensive one I've sold here. Mm. I don't. I honestly don't remember in Ohio. Um, I did. A, I sold a lot yeah, of the Google around, well. So. There's a story about a Google 4Z. Only one other person in the world's going to know the story. Uh, we took a deposit on a quad. That turned out to be yeah, quad turbion, okay. eight hundred fifty thousand. Turned out fraud. Yeah, well, turned out uh, the guy left town uh, with a lot of people's money in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. So okay. Not fraud. did not do, so yeah. Wasn't use, yeah. what'd you use the deposit on for yourself? <laughs> I no got any idea. that left there? Uh, no, no, that was a long time ago. Um, Feds came for that one. I don't know, but that guy, yeah, good luck with him. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, we, I mean, we were. It's not like you sell watches like that all the time. And sure, of even course. our experience. I mean, we have big minute repeaters from Paddock and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. They, they just don't move quickly. Like you got to get the right guy, mm-hmm. the right time. 
to line them up um, to get it. But we we were fortunate enough to have, and we still do. I mean, there's still our customers through the Golf Brick Channel uh, that are in the in that market, and people yeah. just tend not to believe me, but serious serious watch collectors with serious serious you know uh, means, and that are not afraid to let it fly when they. Yeah, want well, I mean, cool. especially if you're you're buying at market price, that's one thing. Like, uh, I think what we get to deal with in our office is more guys buying at market price as opposed to an MSRP, right? So, like, if you're standing behind a counter and somebody walks in, you're selling a new watch, you're holding to the MSRP, which then you have to decide whether it, this brand is pricing their watches within market or not. Yeah. What with our job, we get to deal basically market price, so we're trading watches, and there's a lot of competition, right? But you know, we have savvier collectors, I think, and, you know, guys who are who have large, large collections and are used to, you know, wheeling, dealing a little bit and getting the right watch, the right price and all that. So I think yep. that's, it adds a little uh, dimension to it as opposed to sitting behind a, a counter and, you know, basically waiting for somebody to walk through the door, you know? Right. And that is, and you worked at Tourneau, so Ooh. like, I mean, I went Shame. through, the, I went through situations where you, you, know, you sit today. there, yeah, yeah. but you, you basically have to sit and and wait and that that well, model is tough like it it's it doesn't so seem like it's gonna dying. be yeah, yeah for me i had i almost had a little bit of like what we do before i came over um because i went from like suit and tie standing behind a counter at torno to like running the certified pre-owned aspect of it mm. so then it was 10 salespeople underneath me and i was running a department and it was more like being a sales manager yeah. and managing inventory as opposed to dealing with clients one-on-one. So it's, it was kind of like a mini version of what we do now, whereas now, you know, we talk to 50 people a day and you have, you know, 500 right. clients. Um, you know, then I was just running 10 people and basically what I call like adult babysitting. Mm. And, um, you know, it, it gave me a good insight into what we do now, but it was really when you look back on it, and I think that's like, that's what your career is. It's just like, it's always advancing that was just training wheels for what I'm doing now. Yeah. Like, you know, if I you know, I look at a CPO manager, which I don't even know if the position exists anymore, Torno, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. but like, I, that's 10% of what I do on a daily basis now. Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah. it's definitely been an evolution. I well, I remember when you started, like you came over and you, you had a lot of experience. You had way more, in terms of years, watch experience than I did, mm-hmm. but it took you an adjustment to get used to yeah, working, because uh, we work more of almost like a, like a like a stockbroker's office, right? Like right. a trading floor yeah. in that regard, more than was, selling watches. It was weird for me. It, there was definitely an adjustment period of like the rough housing in the office, the more of like, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, if yeah. you want to call it style office, where it was, you know, it was very casual and everybody was like off the cuff and very, and I was used to like a formal right. work, you know, like, you know, uh, John, this well, is John's regular look, yeah, attire. Listen, I wear this every day. And he wears day the every office. day of the office. And John is very much like that. He's still in like that. Buttoned formal. up. Yeah. But that's, that's fine. It's just for me, it took a while. And then you what, and I, yeah. what <laughs> I do on a, what I used to do on a daily basis was one-on-one interaction. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, you convey. Yeah, belly to belly. It's can, a little different. You yeah. convey a, a different sense of person that way, as opposed to on the phone. It's, it's a little bit different spiel so it took me a little while but i got the hang of it uh still refining that but <laughs> working my book um yeah i would i w- there were some comments in the in this and i just want to circle back to the the un the freak um what are your thoughts on the new one the, the new crown the freak the budget oh, okay freak. the one that just came out with the crown yeah. it's and what's it's the not really it's in the 20s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in the in the 20s. It's not really a freak. I, I like the design of the watch. I think the watch is, um, it's it's cool. Uh, 
but it's not the the freak. Now the freak that came out last year, the reedition, the, the completely new design. I love that uh, in the automatic movement. That's a fantastic piece. Uh, that one is the in my mind the best one since the twenty eight eight, which is the second generation freak that came out. Right. Okay. Um, price points have changed a lot. I mean, that basically, is, I, I don't know what the new one is like one forty five or something. It's right. expensive, but that's so, that's on the that the original one's on my grill list. So then. In regards to so, if you want a freak at yep. retail, you're spending that much money. So then, the new freak with the crown, you think that's going to end up holding? That'll be a, a, a lower discount. You think because I think it's, so? I think it's because it it's, should. It's right? pretty, I mean, it's it's got the sort of carousel vibe going on with it, um, but I don't. It still has a carousel. Yeah, just the, so, just the yeah. wine. They they just took that aspect yeah, it's, out of it. It's right? pretty cool. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't really know how it's going to turn out, but I thought it was a good addition to the collection. Like they're starting to clean up their lineup since they were sold to the Care Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and some, new cool, some cool things. Yeah, they here. got some they got some cool stuff going on. So for me, like uh someone asked me that earlier in this week also. I, I think it's actually a pretty smart move at offering yep. something like that complication yep. and the look of the watch to a different price point. And I actually I think the watch will sell well for them. As I think to the original ones that yeah. were just like, you know, yeah. uh collecting dust. You're probably right. So yeah. I think, you know, take the crown with the grain of salt for what you're saving on the money and everything right. else you're getting for it, and it makes it's a smart play. But uh, you know, that's just my. We opinion. haven't seen them trade, obviously. I don't. I doubt they've even been delivered at this point. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't imagine so. it. But, but I mean, so if there's, I'm sure any Narden enthusiast, though, that watch is probably the top of their list. So there's probably out of the current collection, it probably would be. Right. Like if you had to get one right now, I would say that's that's going to be the one. I, yeah. I have delivered a couple of the. Um, uh, the new uh, Max Marine uh, Torpillier pieces, those are great. Uh, those have been sort of their entry-level pieces. Uh, sure. Great price point. Movements are nice. Mm-hmm. Fit well. Uh, like they, they just need to have that. They've got to somehow work to get that brand equity back because that's right. That's well, the they don't make a lot of watches. They, they probably would. They make five five thousand watches a year, maybe. I, I want I, you know. I don't really know what they're making right now. That's that's a good question. It's, it's probably a bit more than that. Um, a number I really wouldn't. I, feel I wouldn't like, know. I feel like if they scaled more, uh, like advertising more of the concept of the company to like an everyday mm-hmm. kind of watch guy, as opposed to like watches for royalty and like, you know, like not for royal, but they have this like you know Russian gangster stigma to them <laughs> essentially. And like if they just you know more Maxi Marines and yeah. everyday styles and everyday yeah. colors, uh, you know. Well, uh, they need to be like. More Rolex and less Corum, I think. Well, it's yeah. kind of like what yeah. we're talking about a little bit. And obviously, I they don't need to be Rolex because their watches are going to be in quality, really, if you look at it from the watch, makes the same yeah. point. They're going to be better than yeah. Rolex. But but in terms of their marketing, especially on their low end, to get people interested in the brand, yeah. Like more Submariner and less Admiral's Cup, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah so they do point. too many. Like the dive, the divers were always, at least for us, were always strong sellers. They're priced right. Right. But one of the big things I thought like they just did the wacky colors and things that just sort of come out like they did Game of Thrones limited edition at one right. point I was like okay I don't mean that's well there's just I don't know how many they, like, they, they make, just stopped they were just like ah, we don't you know yeah. let's just, just go make, for it yeah, yeah just make sense. send it you know like um you know that's kind of what happened to Corm too they just got they were like oh, right. we're just gonna do all these bubbles we're just gonna all the <laughs> bubbles by the way the bubbles are the only like yeah they're so good the uh the bomber is the best bubble it's cool yeah but yeah there's a lot of cool ones so yeah. is Corm uh, an independent? They're owned by a Chinese conglomerate, luxury conglomerate. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's going. Huh? I are we dealers for Corm? 
I thought they went out of business. I don't know. Are we? To be honest, I, I remember. Know. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think, I don't we, think are. we are. Um, we, I mean, we had been when I got here. I think we were. And I left to order before we left. Before we left Florida, I know that the Corum Boutique in Aventura Mall went. Yeah, yeah. close. Why? Well, I, I know a story. Probably the worst. So uh, there's the West Palm Beach Boat Show every year, right? So they had a guy who he said he flew in. He was buying a yacht, right, with him, him and his buddies, and they all got wasted. Each bought like a big yacht, obviously very wealthy individuals, yeah. and he and he um, they had the quorum had like a, um, a pop up at the event, and they kind of like goaded each other into uh, buying a watch, and uh, this guy decided he was going to buy a quorum, a gold quorum tourbillon. Um, spent just a lot of money on the watch, yeah. and uh, and he but he said he goes listen you know I bought I just bought this watch. I uh, don't really like it. I was a little drunk when I bought it. Um, you know, I overextended myself on the on the yacht as it was. I probably shouldn't have bought this watch, but I want to, you know, I need to sell the watch. That was, that was the conversation. I go, well, listen, man, I mean, this is going to be a serious, it might be a bad situation. Yeah. He's like, come on, man, I just need to sell it. Come on, and whatever. He, I'm like, well, do you try returning it? Yeah, they, they will not take the return. And I said, okay, well, you know, and I talked to him about what the market price was on the watch. Um, he'll say he was not happy with me, decided to take out, his anger about the value of the watch on me. It was probably one of the worst conversations I've had in, in my six, seven years of, oh, man. of selling watches. He w- he called me every name in the book and called me a crook. And I'm like, listen, man, here's the deal. Let's take a step back. I, why don't you try to find someone else to buy this watch and see what they offer you and just know that it's not me. Right. Uh, and, yeah, I think he was uh, – uh, I talked to him a few times after that. I think he understood finally. I think he um, probably still has that watch. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's unfortunate because it, personally, I like like Admiral's cups yeah. themselves. I like those. I yep. love Corum bubbles. Right. The watches themselves, um, but there's not a real there's no collectors you know contingency for those watches really. And people yep. who do collect them usually are only do because there's the value play buying them pre owned. You buy them yeah, like right. cents on dollars. Right. But, right. Exactly. Uh, that's interesting. But all right, we got a ton of watches on the table here. We do. You want to run through those real quick? Yeah. Well, yeah. so we, so we collected watches from. Uh, from some independents, like uh, we have, what do we have here? Chopard, right? Yep. Which a lot of people don't think about when they think about, well, because they're not high horology, but the LUC line is. And that's what we got there. So uh, what is this? That. We have an, oh, Urban Jurgensen or Jurgensen? However you'd like to pronounce it. Urban Jurgensen. We have uh, an Arnold and Son. We have Lindy Verdelin, which I kind of like. Mm-hmm. Sport, because independents, you don't think of sport watches, and right that's on. really all they do is sport yep. watches. We have Moser. Uh, we have Roger Dubuis back when he was an independent. We also have Patek Philippe, which do. people don't think about. When they think of independence, they think of like small boutique brands. Patek is an independent, and they're the monster of independence. They are. And Unless Rolex. Unless you call Rolex the independent, and <laughs> they are a monster, monster. Yeah, so when they Rolex buys Patek, guys, uh, are they both independent then? Or? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, no. These guys are group, are they no longer? <laughs> so we can get the green in the yeah. So, that's a recently discontinued model. And that's exactly what I was going to say. It yeah. is the regulator, mm-hmm. the 5235G, uh, the only configuration it was ever produced in. That watch is not running. I don't think we wound it or set it. That's okay. <laughs> but it is uh, recently discontinued by Panic, uh, and it is, it's it's just an interesting watch. Like They don't do anything like it. Uh, they don't do another regulator in the collection. Uh, they've only done it that way. I love the dial, always have, because the logo is sort of like hidden on there. You have to like catch the right light for the logo to show up. Um, good it's size. It's different than a lot of paddocks. thin profile. It's just well, cool. Well, so the history on that watch is interesting. So the model came out. They were having problems producing them. So they were somewhat limited. So the value shot up. Yep. 
companies like us or buyers like us bought a yep. ton of them. Yes, we did. <laughs> then they started producing them. Value shot down. Yep. And now recently that they they've discontinued the watch. People look around like, okay, discontinued paddock, few year run, not too many of them. Now the value's starting to come back yeah. up. Yeah. Kind of a yeah. you know very char- characteristic yeah. dial. It's not common. It's, no. It's pretty. Well, yeah. one of the things that happened is there was a rumor that the watch had been discontinued <laughs> yeah. a couple years ago, and it actually was not discontinued. Right. And that's so cert- why you got to check your sources. Certain people in our office decided to buy them all at, the, <laughs> yeah, at, we, at any cost. We had to check our sources, but yeah. So that, we were stuck with I'm, a bunch, but luckily yeah. the market came back on the watch, and, yeah. and now, like, I sold one, like, last year when the market was down, and now it would turn out to be a good investment for my customer, though he's not a guy who sells, but if you ever wanted to, it turns yeah. out to be okay. It's going to be, you know, it's going to probably at some point reach its retail level again, yeah. I, I would imagine, uh, sooner than later. That's just the way, like, when you see the trajectory of hot paddocks and hot Rolexes, it's like, over a two-year period, you're like, you can't believe how how strong they can, can't get. Right. And when paddock discontinues a soft model, mm-hmm. it goes from literally having a watch that uh, you know, uh, can't get rid of. Can't get rid of it as a showcase to a piece that all of a sudden, the moment it hits the forums or hits, you right. know, whatever sort of social it's media gone. thing, it, it, the phone, phones are ringing off the hook. Right. And then they're gone. Well, so, so another one. Of the that, master at that. The, uh, uh, the, 40, the 40 millimeter ceramic, um, uh, uh, the uh, Sea Dweller. Yep. So that was like a two year run, was a dog. Yeah. In retail, man, you we couldn't sell those watches. Yep. We would buy those watches pre-owned. When we were back in Watch You Want in Florida, like fifty-five hundred bucks. Yeah. You can't find that watch for less than like a ten, eleven thousand bucks right now. I would just bought one from a customer of mine that I sold it to for I think eighty-five hundred dollars two years ago. Yeah. He made money it. on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I paid him good good money for it. Yeah. So, but it's a you know a watch again. Small limited run. Think about that. That's a small limited run. It's gonna. Uh, you're also gonna see the thing with the Yachtmaster too. I think with that dial, the original dial, blue hands. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be. That'll pop up. That's gonna pop up. Mark. Okay. I just found out about this yesterday. I don't know where I've been. I must not have been paying attention. <coughs> Mark one dials for the Sea Dweller 43 anniversary Sea Dweller. Somebody was asking about the Mark other day. Mark one dials already. It's already. So what thing. does that mean? To explain that to me. Somebody was asking me about that. Another yeah. dealer, and I said. Yeah. Sound, sounds like I've never so heard of that. So what's going on? They, what they did is they they did the let's call it the anniversary edition of the watch, which would have been the first, first year, year and a half year year and a half worth of production. And then this year they changed the dial. And you could correct me if I'm wrong because I think it was this year, maybe the end of last year. The the signature at the bottom, so the Swiss Swiss made is now Swiss, and then it has the coronet, and then it's a Swiss. And so the crown is in there, so it's a slightly different dial. Oh, that's a new. And dial. it was also maybe a new. Yeah. So. Uh. Mark one dials. And it, what's funny is you said limited run, but like some of these watches that we have here on the table, the whole brand makes less than the amount of Sea oh, Dweller yeah. 40s that they right. made in total. Right. The exactly. entire brand, it'll take five years for them to make as many oh, watches as Rolex, but the demand. And the limited, amount of limited gross profit in between all those Sea Dwellers pays for uh, more than what's on this table right now. Yeah, right? Yeah, how crazy is yeah. that? It's crazy. But so why, uh, why you guys are uh... yeah? So that's that's one thing actually. So I actually gave him a call because he was asking me about that, and I'm like, ah, oh, let me do some research. I got distracted yep. as I do. There's a forum post about it. Yeah, a recent one. Like somebody's looking for a yeah the anniversary, and he he texts me. He goes, are all C D L forty three's anniversary? And I, without doing any research, yeah, sure, <laughs> not the case. Apparently not the case. So now those ones are worth more. They're going to be, right? I mean, that's just the way it seems like it's going to work out. Unless they do a really short run of this configuration, the Mark II dial, and then all of a sudden you got 
you know, who knows? That's well, the that's the thing with Rolex. Those details, the minutiae, that's where it's really at. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, that's why, like, when people call me, I'm like, I need a flat four. I'm like, oh, yeah. dude, I don't know. Let me get you on the phone with somebody who knows and cares yeah. about this. <laughs> right. It's, that's hard for me to keep track of. Jason's um, knocking out all of running the running White yeah. over here. I'm man. just yeah. running through you dial are. shots, giving these guys something to watch while you guys uh, yeah. get out of there. So no, which should we talk about first? Which one? You pick, man. So you right. you like this kind of yeah, stuff. So what, how about the one you know the least about? The one I know the least about is <laughs> the Linda Verdlin. I, okay. So, so the Linda Verdlin, you, you, you I, I bought this from on one it. of my customers, and I know, uh, from what I know about it, is what I was told by my customer because I can't find any information about this. So here, Jason, why don't you Vanna White that bad boy? So this is from one of their... It actually wears really well. It does. So what I like about Linda Verdlin is that in terms of an independent, like what's another independent Swiss watch that that does um, like sport watches like this. So like somebody was talking about RGM, which yeah, okay, they yeah. make a lot of sport watches and stuff, but they don't get to the to the high height of this of this brand. And I think Linda Vernon's from Denmark originally, right, or something like that. Sure. All right, Not don't don't come here for for facts and information. But <laughs> yeah, um, I, we well we met the guys. Uh, um, they came and visited. Yeah. We did a show with Tim, so Tim's familiar with these guys. But so this watch, apparently, from what I was told from the gentleman I bought it from. That uh, well, it's the only gold case, gold, uh, the only watch made in this case in gold. Okay, this was from the very first order. All the original um, uh, dealers got one of these watches. There was it was highly limited. Nice. And so you and you can't find anything about this. So it's called the the two timer. They were basically forced to take the watches <laughs> out. <'cause laughs> they, um, but I think it's okay. So think about a gold. Look at that. That's, that's mm-hmm. just the most amazing case back that ever existed. Is that PVD? Uh, yeah, I would imagine. Ceramic case back. Look at that case back. I don't know if you can. Highly tooled yeah. and finished case back. <laughs> but uh, so the watch super comfortable. It's in their thinner yeah. case. Like that's one. That's one of the issues this that is, I have. That with, is a thin case. Yeah. Yeah. It actually works. Put it on. Yeah, the way it sits on the wrist. Some of their cases are a little thick, so it's. Their, Some of their, their cases design. are amazing for opening boxes. Because <laughs> they, they have the sharpest so, I, have, I have a story, actually. So yeah. I was, when I first started in Florida, we got a Verlin, a spider light that has, like, it's all these angles. Yeah. Cool. Somebody in the office decided to, like, start yeah. trying to get, wrestle me in the office while I was wearing the watch. And I, like, I grabbed him, whatever, and it, the watch sliced his neck. I'm like, hey, let's, first of all, we shouldn't be doing this, first of all. But second of all, like, that, that is pros. a dangerous piece. Like, you can get into a fight with Levertolin because they have such great angles. But so it's like, it, it's cool. the, the case, it's similar like AP, small runs. Uh, the yep. brand is really cool. And those watches, I don't know if they do it anymore or if they promote it anymore, but the um, the Octopus and the Spider-Lite had, like, active computers. So, like, the Octopus had a, yeah, um, a diving computer. So oh, wow. you could use the watch to dive, but if you really wanted like a real diving, like like a Sunto style yeah. diving watch, it would have a, a diving computer that would click on at the top. Then you can actually like, right. you know, it's a real diving computer, which was really cool. And the spider light would have like an altimeter you would click on. So if you go skiing, I guess, you know, I don't yeah. know. I don't really ski. So, but so this watch is uh, from, from everything I found, everything I see is very rare watch. It's got, it's a diving bezel. So you can t- take this gold watch in the ocean um, and dive with it, but uh, you know, not a highly uh, finished movement. Um, I don't think they're even in house, from what no, I understand. But it's more about it. it's a tool watch. Right. So it's an, yeah. an independent company is making tool watches where most independents you look at are, are looking. They're you know, they're focusing right. on the movements, focusing on the dials and stuff. So. Yeah, and you know the other thing, like on that, like if you weren't a Hublot or an AP fan, and you want some value, but you want a cool looking sort of geometric. Sports yeah. watch, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, I've always appreciated that fact. Like, you can get mm-hmm. a really cool sports watch and a cool design for 
a, right. you know, whatever, half the call, half the price of what a right. AP Royal Oak would have been. Especially you, pre-owned. Yeah. So, yeah, like, if you're, right. if you want, exactly, if you want an offshore in gold, if you want an offshore in gold, you're spending, what, 30 grand right now. At least. Yeah, if it's right. on strap. Especially Pounder. in this market. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 60 grand. 50 so, grand. I mean, not saying that this is a replacement for that, yeah. but if you like an independent and you want something that has that kind of same look and feel, then Invertolin works. And it's like you're, you you actually have some – the brand, it's a real brand, yeah. right? It's not yeah. an Invicta, Jason. This LUC is probably my favorite of these independents. On Why is that? It's, it's so underrated and cool. I, it, like it, the back, the, the manual point. wind, the, the finishing on here to me screams like budget longue. Um, mm. You know, and then just – like is that German the, Swiss? Are they well, French aren't, Swiss? Aren't. Chopard family. I mean, they're obviously the Swiss jewelry. watches are are made up of like yeah. some German Swiss and Ryan, some. Yeah. But I mean, uh, power reserve. You know, just like you get a lot for the money. You do get a lot for the money. What so like that one that? is like that's pre-owned. You're finding that for right around ten thousand. Take a look at this. So flip that over and look at on the on that one. The reason I like Jesus. that. It, first off, that's like a late '90s model. It's a 38 millimeter case. Right. You're not finding that laying around most places. So, like hell no. We'll we'll look at that and then the Roger Dubois. So those are from the late '90s. Like mm-hmm. these two are oversized cases. They're Paddock is doing you know 35 millimeter watches. It's an eight day power reserve. Yeah. Vacheron's doing for a watch uh, from the two, like before the 2000s. Yeah, before the 2000s. Look how nice that is, and that movement is killer. Like it's a beautiful. You can't find this anywhere. We have two movement. of them in stock listed. They're great. It's funny. They're just. But the really thing is, nice like watches. most dealers that aren't our size can't afford to stock that watch. Yeah, yeah, like right. they have to flip it. They mm-hmm. can't yep. buy that for stock. Right. So for it's us, I mean, take on. yeah, yeah. The level finishing on this watch is it's exceptional. Yeah, it's I mean, just and to think that the watch is like. 20 swan years old is like it I, looks and amazing. i understand that for yeah. most people it this this sympathy is probably the more desirable piece but oh. for me hands down i would take that that lc well for I the just, price I, point. like the finishing on the move yeah I just, that I sympathy is amazing the see the, the fi- that the level finishing on that watch i like it, it, yeah. even the crystal it's, yeah it's very cool we were talking about before the show for those of you that don't know that there, there's a rarer sympathy mm-hmm. the one before this uh, that has the crystal that goes all the way up well, to the case flakes. I almost bought that one. We have one. We right. have one with these. So the crystal actually has this this horned shape all the way around the watch. They realized it was too hard to make. Yeah, I think it was just cost-effective <laughs> uh, for them to switch to around crystal. But um, if you buy one of those with the crystal that goes all the way out to the case and you happen to need it replaced, uh, that's going to be Good a luck. tough call. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, yeah. But so on that piece, like the early Roger Bui, and I say early Roger Bui, it's like uh, late 90s, early 2000s mm-hmm. um, when him and Carlos Diaz were making these watches. Uh, they're my favorite watches of all time. They really are. I mean, yeah, they're, just, they're unbelievable. They're unbelievable. Well, the, the value gold. for dollars right now, what you get in the presentation. So like we just brought in that little time only, which I don't mm-hmm. even know if it'll ever make to the website because you might end up owning uh-huh. it. but. The presentation box sets for these, where they literally would take a Polaroid picture of the watch, glue it to yeah, the papers, and right, sign them. Like, right. like you don't see that you level of presentation. Yep. Even, even Paddock doesn't have. Nobody's mm. doing that. Nobody's Who's doing, doing stuff like, like that. that. So they're adding, like the 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 care and thoughtfulness that goes into the watch also goes into the box set. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a super nice uh, setup. The whole thing. And again, they're competing against basically Paddock and Vacheron at the time. And mm-hmm. so as an independent, if you went and showed this large case size and it's limited to 28 pieces for the world, like, it's hard yeah. to beat. Like, I mean, 20. they basically had a Calatrava buckle before the Calatrava buckle. That's right. right. That's one thing that yeah. Jason was making a note of that, saying, oh, look, they ripped this off from Paddock. But actually, no, they did this before. They had the, the, they had the Roger Dewey buckle. It's great. It's great. 
And then we have, uh, I brought uh, some pieces that I think are also just tremendous values for independent brands. I know uh, we talk uh, behind the scenes about Arnold & Son, how we think it's mm-hmm. a brand that really has a lot of value considering sure. what the retail prices are. Right. And we've got some really cool Arnold & Sons. Well, the, the you get like a, a watch in the spirit of like MB&F yeah. Yeah. and Grubel for like a, a fraction of the price and like – so it's not an easy watch to make, right? And it's not a discount not. watch. If you love a Deadbeats, like exactly. there's nobody that there's nobody Arnold that does more Deadbeats, Deadbeats than Arnold. Arnold, Arnold, Arnold that beats. also does the resonance too, which yeah. uh, uh, they're being sued <laughs> by Jordan, from what I understand. So buy one of those while you can. Yeah, and like this one, if I, I don't know if the camera picks up the color perfectly or, or well enough to sort of highlight it, but like the blue on the style. Yeah, I was is, showing that earlier. You can, you can see it. What I don't know if you could see. Is there's that sapphire chapter ring that's like free floating? Mm. I don't know if you can catch that in there. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You really can't. So you can see it just like as a chapter ring, but you see right there. That's a yep. perfect shot. It's a one piece of sapphire oh. that's elevated across the entire dial. So Jeez. it's it's just a bridge of sapphire, which is kind of cool. And that's something that like uh, you would expect to see from like Grubel. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of a little bit is like a, a Breguet. Um, tradition piece, but mm-hmm. like in the sort of modern way you'd want a watch to look. Like that's sort of Breguet's problem is that all the watches still look like the, from the 1800s and they have a <laughs> tough time connecting with modern watch buyers. Mm-hmm. And this is a piece I think that like you could, if you were interested in Breguet but you just couldn't get over the styling, this is something you can jump into because you get a lot of the cool features that. And that's what you can find for less than $20,000 print out. Like, right. <laughs> Less than $20,000 pre-owned. So it's a $51,000 retail. Right. So you can buy a uh, a new ceramic uh, Daytona, you know, market price. Right. For, for You'll have to spend more on that watch than this watch. And this watch. Hey, Shows like, you the state of the market. For, the, the yeah. watch market. Right and, now. But if you want something cool and just something nobody else has, that's the kind of, those are the kind of watches you should be looking out for. Uh, if you go to trade it in, yeah, it, I mean, you're, it's not going to get well, you a gonna good return. What's going to be funny is like there's going to be in five, you know, five, ten years from now, there'll be like a complete 180 flip on the market. And all this stuff that was the independence that nobody wanted, you could buy for 30 cents on the dollar, will be super hot. Uh, and all be, the Rolexes yeah, will be, I mean, you know, you, down. It'll be, you know, you can't predict that right? what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. If you want, you know, value for money, if you want to go buy a, a three year old Porsche and get, you know, like a GT3 as opposed to a new 911. Right, like yeah. you spend, you you buy independent, and you save money, and you get something, you know, yeah. pre-owned, which is what we're always talking about. So I think all of these, maybe uh, paddock aside, value proposition for what they are for the money, you get a lot for your right. money. Right, and the you way know, I looked at the you're collection, ticket because you're, it's a exactly, you're doing that. I looked at the collection. I go, if I was buying an independent watch, what am I looking for? Quality finish movement, uh, you know, something that stands out, like the Moser's dial, the Fume dial. Right. It's killer for a dress watch. Like, if you put this up against a patrimony, there's no way I'm buying a patrimony. I'm just not. Like, well, I the, look at this, the, the sky on, on Vacheron right now, too. It's tough. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough. But I mean, we look at Vacheron, and I, I like Vacheron as brand. I like the watches that they do. But I look at this, I go, there's nothing. Like, if I had to pick between a Vacheron and this model, here, I'll pop that back up so we can see the dial again. Dude, I was oh actually I was talking to Tim uh, earlier this week stunning. about Vacheron in rose gold. Some well, of their for stuff, the mid-teens pre-owned like, that watch is unbelievable. So Tim's a huge Vacheron supporter, and like they could they could legitimately make a serious comeback if they just you know, move some stuff around and restructure. So I, I think that. we're you know on the beginning steps of that journey, but mm-hmm. you know I would like to see them come back. 
They've got a lot to. We just we got an updated price list. A lot of the stuff they're. Oh, that's right. Out. They just dropped their yeah. prices, which that's a step forward. That's what Panerai did. What uh, probably about two years ago. Yeah. Right when when things were really really tough for Panerai, they started making in-house movements. They did a, a two price drops in a year. Yep. And now you see what's happening with the brand. So hopefully, and we've been talking about Vacheron being able to do that. Hopefully they. They do that because right. that uh, Vacheron being part of the Holy Trinity made sense from the level of finishing. Like, right. there's no better, no higher level sport watch that's like, or a sport watch that's finished better than overseas, especially right. on the bracelet. Right. Yeah, so. I agree. I mean, I think it's awesome, and they they like that's the strongest part of the collection without a doubt. Right. But they did the Harmony collection that came out a few years ago, and they pretty much. I feel like it. if they could bring uh, the Gen Three yeah. overseas chrono back down to a reasonable price point like the Gen 2s were without yeah. the price raise. And I know there's a lot of technology in that watch, but, you know, how much, how much, how long are you going to charge for the research and development? You know, like, let's bring the price back down right. to, to be able to be competitive, mm -hmm. and that watch would kill. Well, brand equity but, would go up, and then you'd make up the money on the rest of them. Right. Because if people also, are used to getting big discounts on the watch, on your best watch, then they're definitely looking for discounts on watches that they know that right. aren't your best. I also, so. similar to my thought on Panerai, like, I think they make too many SKUs. Yeah, and a lot of these companies do. Right, they think that like you know, so many SKUs are the answer, but really like building a core collection of like six watches. Yep. I think is where you know you find the success. Same thing with with Rolex. You know, they have they have a lot of SKUs now, but their core SKUs are the ones that drive the business. Right. So if you're gonna take business lessons, take it from Rolex. You know, right. <laughs> kings, and how literal I mean, kings. They are, they're whatever they're doing. They've got it right. I mean, we could do, uh, certainly they undersupplied the U.S. market over the last couple of years. You just can't get watches. Um, that's the mm -hmm. case with every dealer who, it doesn't matter if you're the biggest dealer in the country or the smallest dealer in the country, like you just don't have watches to, to give right. to people. So they're doing every, something right. Yeah. Everybody's having that before. conversation yeah. of, sorry, man, I just can't yeah. get it. It's tough. So while we were, I was talking to somebody and like the watch market is so insane right now, right? So, but we're selling, we're doing better than we ever have because we do a lot of pre-owned and I didn't even think about this that I was talking to George in our office and he's mentioning another dealer who had like one of the worst years they've ever had because like a worst December's in January. So I'm like, how could that be? The demand is so insane. It's like, yeah, they're only selling new. So they, they don't, don't have, have anything, they don't have they don't have anything to, sell. to sell. Yeah, right. Man. So if you're a mom and pop shop and you rely on your fourth quarter business and you're a Rolex dealer and you don't have anything to sell, it's going to be a really long way. Or you better right. get real good at selling those 36, yeah. 36 39 yeah. millimeter that's, OPs. If you're right. Selling, like you got to, you know. Yeah. But. We see what happens after Basel. Yeah, I mean, and and we've all sort of like I know you didn't work in a retail no. store, but thankfully I've been through that. I you know yeah. I didn't work in a Rolex Trust store, me. but you know if you we've rely on that there. fourth quarter, that fourth quarter is your your nut for the year. That's what you're 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 driving. Where you make money. Yeah. I mean, I know we had, we did uh, on our floor best ever. Yeah. Right. You know. So I mean, our commission checks were <laughs> were looking good. You know, we we were able to pay our bills, but I can't imagine standing behind a counter. And where Rolex is your main brand, and there's just nothing. And don't don't kid yourself. People are look walking in, like the traffic's up, and they're going, "Yeah, I'm ready to buy a Rolex for Christmas." And you're like, "This Sorry. is what we got." Well, you want a ladies' day just that market yeah. demand is like what puts people over the hump of like, "All right, I'm ready to buy it at retail." Mm -hmm. Whereas before they were like, oh, "I don't know if I should." Looking you know, for discounts, let me get a good price. Now yeah. guys are just like, "Take my money," and you can't even. You got to have yeah. that really tough conversation. Yeah. But, yeah. You get real good at selling, uh, you know, other pieces. Yeah, you gotta sell to. what you got. Got to sell what's in the case. Is there anything else we didn't discuss here on the table? I think we uh, kind of hit everything. I, think I showed everything. I don't know if we. I think we went over everything. You know anything about that Urban Jurgensen? Uh, I know it's actually really, really nice. Uh, Urban Jurgensen <laughs> makes some exceptional watches. Very small um, allocation a year or production a year rather. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the twenty three forty. 
It's pretty. Reference, beautiful dial, um, Grenache dial. Uh, and again, it's like... It's What's sort, a Grenache dial? It is a special process. It's probably hard to pick up with the camera, but the dial has like a texturing to it. Um, it's all hand labor intensive. Oh, look at that uh, movement. The movement's, the movement's amazing. Yeah, That's I just... And, and Very Omega-esque in the finishing. Actually, <laughs> like the way that the... Yeah. It's just like a Seamaster. Yeah, Coast of Geneva sort of laid out. It reminds me of like yeah. a... Uh, like oh, yeah, right. There is a texture yeah, on the dial. Like an 8800 wow. Right, exactly. I mean, the way that it's finished... I, Look, the, the thing with independence is you, you get the value is there in the sense that you, you have to take time to understand the process of, of watchmaking, okay? And that's something that I don't think a lot of people, when you're sitting at a counter, that you mm -hmm. get a chance to appreciate. No. You know, it takes a long time to make a dial correctly. And some companies throw three out of four dials out because the, the dial process is so labor well, deals with that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you got these dials that break. You got dials that aren't, you know, the, the quality that they expect to put in their watches. Um, and then you got people who are hand-finishing movements and, and bridges and bevels, and it's a lot of work. And I, I just think that the appreciation aspect a lot of times comes from the independent side. Hmm, cool. All right. Well, listen. I think we're I think we're done here. Uh, the cameraman took off probably about twenty minutes ago. That's it. So you're gonna have to turn the camera off. Everybody? Yeah. Just it's a red button oh, on the back is. of the camera. Just, we'll turn the I'm just gonna off. kick it over before we leave. But all right. Well, uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, I would like to thank the, both of you, gentlemen, fine gentlemen, for having me join you on the show today. It was had a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, man. It's made it easier for me. I don't have to talk as much. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Jay. You wow. found, I think you found some space in there. Let's all name somebody we don't like. No, uh, we can do that. We could, it's Valentine's Day. We love everybody. That's yeah. right. It is Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. And Anyways, here we are. My it was good having you back Babe, love on. You. Obviously, I saw the greatness that was Callahan before. Yeah, that's right. Else yeah, did and brought him on the show. Thanks, we got to do this more. Yeah. We have you on more often. Invite cool. me on. I'm around. All right, sweet. nothing going on, but family, Thanks, Sean. little kids. All right, guys. Well, Happy hopefully Valentine's you enjoyed Day. this as much as I did. If you didn't, I don't really care. Uh, remember, must subscribe to our channel. Check us out on Instagram. You can get us on Facebook and on uh, Just roll. what uh, Twitter. Are B we on Twitter also? Be uh, uh, No, I'm not. What about MySpace? No. Not anymore. Now Grubhub. John's, John's married. You guys on it's, Grubhub? What about Grinder? Are we on Grinder? Tinder. Swipe right. Swipe right. If you see us, swipe right on Tinder. Right. This uh, is your guy's fault that he's still Plenty talking. of fish, guys. You want to buy a watch? Find us on camera. Plenty of Fish. Uh, Car gurus. Anywhere else? Car gurus. If you yeah. want to buy. Uh,